When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, guys. You guys, we are so excited because this last week, we came out with our very first merch drop. Yeah, the Girls Next Level merchandise. It's so exciting. I'm so happy it's out. I'm so happy we were able to get it done in time for Black Friday and the holidays. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's uh, the basics line. So we have sweatshirts and sweatpants and all kinds of cozy, fun stuff to wear this time of year or to give us gifts. But we also have a bunch of other stuff in the works. So look forward to seeing all of that stuff. And I hope you guys are enjoying it. And thank you so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for your support. We were so overwhelmed to see how much you guys love the stuff and we love it too. I've been living in the samples all week. They're perfect for cozy season. And you guys, today's episode is all about Girls Next Door, season one, episode five. We're getting into it with Fight Night. This is the episode where Hef's ex Barbie Benton comes back for a boxing match and also Bridget gets her dog Wednesday. So we get to see her for the first time. We love this episode and we had so much to say about it. It actually turned into a two-parter. So you will get the first half today, the next half next week, and let's get into it. Okay, I know we've said this before, like, but I had so many mixed feelings about this episode. I think there's going to be so much to talk about. And there's two different topics going on in the episode because the episode is called Fight Night. But there's me and Hef's ex-girlfriend Barbie Benton pitted against each other. But there's also your cat Gizmo pitted against her new little sibling Wednesday. You know what? I didn't even think about it that (laughs) way. No. And I'm sure that that's what the producers had in mind the whole time. And I didn't even think about it. I just thought, you know what? It's two totally different things. I don't know why they crammed it all in this one episode. Yeah, but it's a lot for us to cover subject-wise. Like, I made notes and some of it, it's just like I have my first note is just... Wednesday and I know you'll have so much to say about just the process of getting Wednesday and everything like that look at my notes though like I seriously have like I mean I think it's like 10 pages of notes yeah (laughs) it's crazy you know what we should touch on first because this is something that happened in real time in between the tapings of episode four and episode five is the luncheon we had with our executive producer okay it was eventful let me dig out my scrapbooks I can show you the menu to like refresh your memory okay (laughs) well for those um, while she's doing that I'll tell you guys that this was a meeting that took place like she said with our executive producer of the show and he called this meeting and it was outside by the pool Um, um, I remember it was a nice day and beautiful we, day. Um, had like a nice lunch. The um, they pre- prepared an amazing menu for us. So let's say she has it here. It is fresh fruit plate, olive garden salad, Chinese chicken salad, panko crusted chicken breast with tortilla chips and bean dip. Oh, I forgot about that meal. Yum. I want Sounds that. Sounds so good. Grilled bacon cheeseburger and skinny fries or angel hair pasta with marinara and garlic bread. So we would choose one of those. So good. So okay. this little menu I have saved in my scrapbook, it's signed by everybody. And it's very cute because you say something really nice. You wrote, Holly, you're the best. And Kevin wrote, to Holly, thanks. And he did like a whole signature. And he goes, and woof, woof. And he drew the woof, woof doll that he he gave you, the Munsters doll. Yeah. And Kendra just signed it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this was an interesting meeting because it was our first time really sitting down with the executive producer that wasn't like an on-camera interview. And he was telling us about how we were going to be stars and how we needed. You're going to be stars. My stars. And he would do this weird wavy thing with his fingers. (laughs) And he warned us. I remember he warned us that being a TV star was a little bit different because this is back in 2005. So we didn't have any social media stars back then. It was like you were either known for being in movies, TV or music. And he was saying that you had to be especially prepared to be a TV star. It was different than being a movie star because you're in people's living rooms. Like 
they feel more casual with you, I guess what he was trying to say. I think he was trying to warn us that when we met people, they were going to really feel like they knew us, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Whereas you would feel more in awe if you met like a movie star or something. Yeah, you wouldn't feel like you knew their personal life as much as you would with us. Yeah. And then I remember at one point in the meal, Kendra said, shouldn't we be getting paid for this? And all of a sudden the mood changed. Like that. It was like clouds covered the sun. And Kevin... It started thunderstorming. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Basically. <laughs> and Kevin very seriously was like, stared her down and was like, you are replaceable. And he went on to say that like this show was about the Playboy Mansion and Hef. And it was not about us. It was just about who happened to live there. And... There were tons of girls, you know, lined up ready to take our spots and we could be replaced at any minute. Yep. And we already get room and board and food, which is kind of offensive because we kind of had to pay for those things. We had to earn those things. You know what I mean? It wasn't just handed to us out of the goodness of Hef's heart. There was a high cost for living there, in my opinion. Well, and when he said you are replaceable, he didn't just mean Kendra, he meant all of us. Oh yeah, yeah, all I didn't mean us. to make it sound like it was just Kendra. He, that was meant to all, all of us. Mm-hmm. And they meant it. Yeah, so we were very shot down. So that's all I remember from that meal. <laughs> I mean, that's really all I remember too. I just remember, cause it kind of It was stopped. a shocker. Like it felt like you were being reprimanded in school. It was like, whoa. Yeah, and it wasn't even like Kendra was like, I lawyered up or I agent up and you need to pay me. It was just like, well, wait, aren't we going to get paid for this? Yeah, it was simply a question. And she was very kind of like meek the way she answered it, like, or asked it. Like, I remember her being like, so shouldn't we like, shouldn't we like be getting paid for this? Like, it was just like that. It was cash. Right. And it changed the mood so hard. So we'll be stars, but you're just not going to get paid for it. Yeah. And it was interesting because I know Bridget in the meantime, like you've spoke with somebody who used to work with Kevin and she was very much under the impression that it was Hef's decision for us not to get paid. Mm -hmm. And clearly by the time we had this luncheon, like Kevin was on board with Hef, but she also said that there got to be a point where Kevin felt guilty and was like, we need to pay these girls something. Yeah. That's what she told me. She said that the, the, um, decision to not pay us came directly from Altaloma and Altaloma was Playboy's production company that was headed by Hef. And Dick Rose and Swag. Yeah. And so it's basically speaking for Hef. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, no, the girls are taken care of. So that is their payment. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, so that's where we come from, from that meeting. So we go from that to filming the Fight Night episode. And on a on a lighter topic, the Fight Night episode starts with a close-up of the peacocks. And it made me think about all the animals at the mansion. Yeah, should we do a whole pet breakdown? I'd like to. And I think the okay. fans will like to hear it. You start, so it looks like you're prepared and you have I, a list. I do have like a list. <laughs> it's probably not anywhere near complete because there's mm-hmm. so many. But um, I mean, I'll start with the bird aviary just because the first time I stayed there you stay in the guest house and the guest house is not only connected to security but it's also connected to what's called like the bird aviary and you walk through and it's like this giant jungle wonderland it was really cool it's all jungle and rock themed there's vines coming down everywhere and like orchids growing aquarium set in the rock in the wall yeah and um ponds with waterfalls and little Mm. streams going through it and then there's all these exotic birds like amazing beautiful toucans rare toucans um hornbills which you can they have grapes and you can feed the toucans and the hornbills grapes and they have these giant long beaks you can throw them the grapes and they'll catch them they're they're really good at it yeah but they'll take it right out of your hand too and it looks super scary I remember when I took guests on tours and I would say see you can even feed them get grapes and then their big old bill would come at you and they would be like (gasps) yeah because the hornbill toucan isn't like the cute toucan sam fruit loops toucan we had some of those too yeah but the hornbills have like these big like rock looking beaks yeah and then they have like the giant pouch on their neck where they store all the Mm -hmm. because they don't actually swallow the grape they just kind of store it for later when they want it (laughs) but they are so gentle and they were so cool and it was such i just thought it was a really fun thing there were tons of turtles in all those little ponds and i'd usually yeah i'd usually try and pull a turtle out and like so they could take a picture with a turtle yeah (laughs) like i'm on my hands and knees digging my hand in the pond i'm like digging for turtles i'm gonna you a turtle <laughs> and they were wise to me so they'd like dive down oh I'm like, my no. gosh that's funny um but the two cans 
ones are really cool. There was so many, and there was tons of parrots in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yellow Nate parrots. There were the, I don't know all the names of them, the gray ones. The African grays and the macaws. Like so many of them. Yeah. So that was the bird aviary. And then when you walk into the backyard, there's so many other things too. The squirrel monkeys were one of the main attractions because there were so many of them in this cage. They were the little yellow ones. Yeah, and yeah. they were just like all over the place. And at one time, and I think they changed this, you could walk right in, have a handful of grapes, and they would just come and they would crawl on you. They would take the grapes Jump right out on of your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. they take the grapes right out of your hand and they peel them and they eat just the middle of them. It's so funny. We also had tamarind monkeys too, which are tiny little black monkeys and they had to be kept in a separate area and I remember somebody told me that Hef's zoo because he had to have it like an official zoo license to have all these animals it was the only one that had both squirrel monkeys and tamarins because they could there were certain diseases they could catch that would like kill one monkey and not the other so like the LA zoo only had tamarins and not squirrel monkeys like most places with zoo licenses you can have one or the other other and for some reason Hefs got away with having both, but they had to be kept in like very separate areas. Yeah. Well, there was tons, tons of monkeys. Mm -hmm. And um, then there was like the kookaburro, which I loved. It was a bird, but it was out by the zoo. And it it's from Australia, but it made this very distinct, really cool noise. If you've never yeah, heard of a kooka- what a kookaburro sounds like, you should <laughs> like look it up because it makes this. It almost sounds like it's laughing. So I mm-hmm. loved when and I when I was doing tours, I would I would be like, I hope the kookaburro does his little laugh, yeah. and I would tell people about it. And then of course, there's Coco the monkey, the spider monkey, the big fat spider monkey. You see her on the show because I'm always hanging with her. And didn't mm-hmm. there used to be uh, there was another one before that. Pepe, yeah. the boy, he was skinny. Yeah, and then there was a kinkachu. And if you don't know what a kinkachu <laughs> is, you have to look it up because I don't even know. Like They're also called honey bears. There's a TikTok <gasps> account I follow. I forget what it's called, but they're like a honey bear rescue. Uh, they, so I was obsessed with the kinkachu for whatever reason. And he only comes out at night. He's nocturnal. And I would go and sit in his cage and wait for him to come out. And I would try and entice him. They Because I'm sure they're called honey bear because they like sweets. Mm-hmm. So the zookeepers told me you have to take sweets out there if you want him to come out. So I would take things like honey. I would take stuff like um, he liked M&M's. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I don't know if you're supposed to feed him M&M's, but that's, he liked them. And um, different things like just little spoonfuls of stuff and try and entice him to come out. And I would get him to come out of his little box and walk. He was always very like unsure and very slow about it. It was a very slow process. Like I had to have a chair set up in there and like spend time out there. Yeah. But still, it was fun. It was so cool to see him because otherwise you would never even see him. And then there were all the peacocks all over the property. And, you know, beautiful, colorful peacocks with their big old tails. But then there was also, we had albino peacocks too, pure white, which are amazing. And then there was the um, cockatoos, like Carola and Cleo. And you'll see Carola in the show later on. She was so cute. She's my favorite. I think I miss her even more than Coco. Oh, really? Like Carola and I just had such a weird bond. Like that bird could read my mind, I swear. Aw. Yeah. That's so cute. And then there were um, birds that would just walk the property like pink flamingos, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool when I first started going to the mansion. I'm like, wow, we have yeah. pink flamingos in our backyard. Like, stop it. African cranes. The African cranes. And there was, and most of them didn't bother us, but there was one. Spot. Spot. And he, he was just so aggressive for some yeah, reason. he would pluck 
to people. He wanted to be near. And so anytime you were doing a t- tour, you had to warn people about spot. And even when you're just walking out to find <laughs> the sun, you have to like watch out for spot because he'd come hauling ass from across the yard and like want to peck at you and stuff. So you had to be like scared of spot. But he had this like crazy mohawk on top of his head. Yeah. And they're just very distinct looking birds. And do we talk about um, have to do license? I mean, I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like he had a specific, he was like one of the only he had the people. only private zoo license in LA County. Yeah, and, but there was like a special clause to it, like no hoofs and no, you don't know this? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I wish I could remember. It was two words, no hoofs and no. Horns maybe? Maybe, it was, but it was two things like that. Um, that was his limitations on it. Interesting. So we couldn't have like a giraffe in the backyard or yeah. anything. <laughs> I don't know how that meant for like um, like a donkey or something like that. But I guess if no hoofs, no hoofs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there was the pets. Yeah, there were nine dogs when we lived there. Once Wednesday got there, there were nine. It's so crazy. It's a lot of dogs for one property. Yeah. So there were two house dogs before um, any of us moved in because Hef's ex-wife, Kimberly, who lived next door, was super into dog rescue. And two, and she had a ton of dogs over at her house. But two of the dogs that were left over at Hef's place were Archie, a big German shepherd, and Littlefoot, a mix, who was this fluffy black dog. Mm-hmm. Big, both bigger dogs. Mm-hmm. And then there was your dogs. Yeah, I had four. I had Harlow, a white Pomeranian, Panda, a black and white Pomeranian. Then I had Duchess, who was a rescue um, from a puppy mill. And she was a little bit crazy, but understandably so. <laughs> yeah. And you had to win her over. Yeah. And then there was Duke, which was a tiny chihuahua that a girl who was staying in the mansion guest house had and when he was a baby. And That's she wasn't right. taking care of him. So Hef like intervened and was like, I'll buy that dog off of you. So I adopted Duke because somebody wasn't right. taking care of him. I totally forgot that's how you got Duke. Yeah. And then Kendra had two dogs, Rascal and Martini, that she brought with her from San Diego. One was a Jack Russell Terrier. One was a Corgi. Yes. And then when I first moved to the mansion, I just had a cat, Gizmo. Black, fluffy, Persian. She Mm -hmm. was my baby. And at that time, people ask me even now, like, where's Gizmo? Well... I'm just going to tell you right now, she was like seven and going on and eight years old and stuff while I was living at the mansion. So she is not around Yeah, anymore. we get those questions all the time. And it's like, sad to say, guys, but none of the dogs are still around. No, and it's really sad. Um, And then I got Winnie. And we're going to talk all about that. And it's going to be hard for me, though, because I just lost Winnie. It feels so recent, but I it guess does. it was just two years ago. Like, it just... It was two years. It feel if I, you would have told me to guess, I would have guessed a year because it seems like yesterday. I miss her so much, and it makes me teary eyed all the time. But maybe it'll be fun to talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> so first, let me start with Gizmo because she's the reason why I wanted a dog, and that might sound weird, but <laughs> like I loved Gizmo to death, and I always wanted to teach her to walk on a leash, like from a little tiny baby. I was like putting her on like a little leash and taking her outside, and she was really good about going on errands. She was really good about long car trips she would just curl up in my lap and go to sleep or curl up in the passenger seat and go to sleep she didn't care about being in the car at all but she wasn't interested in walking on a leash at all and she wasn't that thrilled about being pulled out of her tree and going to run errands or anything she was just kind of like i saw somebody walking a cat in hancock park once I just see cat it. on a leash. Yeah, I see it. And my <laughs> sister has a cat that uh, walks on the leash. Really? Not not, not like goes on a walk on the leash, but that mm-hmm. they can put on the leash. Actually, I should say she just recently died like Aww. two weeks ago. So Aww. really recent. Um, but she would, they would take her out on a leash and she take her to the park on a leash and let her climb a tree and let her like walk around and sniff grass and stuff. So she didn't actually go on walks, but I have seen cats that do. Yeah. And I so wanted funny. that so bad. She just wasn't into it at all. So I was thinking, and I think it's probably a lot of influence of all the girls at the mansion having all these dogs. Cause even the girls before us. Oh yeah. It was dog central. Like it wasn't just nine dogs when it was us and Kendra it was nine dogs when I first moved in because there was like one girl had three but it was more hectic back then because a lot of the dogs were big dogs back then yeah so it was a ton of big dogs yeah I remember coming home from the club and there would be literal piles of shit on the <gasps> stairway Eek. 
Sorry to ruin your lunch, guys. If you're eating. <laughs> well, so I mean, dogs. Having dogs at that time was just a thing. So before I moved in, all the girls had dogs. Once I moved in, all the girls had dogs. And I thought, you know what? I really want a dog too. And and I thought, well, you know, if I was going to get a dog, what kind of dog would I want? Well, I love my cat so much, and I want a dog that looks like my cat. So I wanted an all black puppy. I didn't know like what kind of breed I wanted or yeah. anything like that. So I did a lot of research on different breeds. And um, I decided that I wanted a Pekingese because I felt like that really kind of looked like a Persian cat. Yeah, the same kind of snubby face. Yeah. Yeah, and really fluffy mm-hmm. and, um, and relatively small. And so... I mean, they asked me on the show, why is it, why is your dog's look so important? And I say, it's not really important because it wasn't, it wasn't that like I needed a, this sounds so contradictory to say this. It's not that I needed a certain kind of dog, but I wanted a certain kind of dog. No, it sounds so funny when you say it on the show, looks aren't important, except he needs to match my cat or something like that. It's so funny. I don't know. I guess I understand what I'm saying, but I understand when (laughs) other people don't. But here, but okay, then, then I feel like the story starts taking a turn on the show because I feel like, I feel like they're trying to sort of make me look like an asshole kind of by wanting an all black dog. Like that (laughs) looks are so important or whatever. So like, whatever, you know, I'll take one for the team. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just, at some point you have to decide what kind of dog you want. If you're looking for a dog, a dog kind of falls into your lap or you're browsing. If you're looking for a dog, you think of a breed or you think of exactly like, I didn't think it was so weird that I would look at different dogs and like decide on what I wanted and then try and find one that I thought was my right fit. Like, I feel like that's how people get a dog. (laughs) But one thing that bugged me when I was rewatching this is they make it look like and sound like I'm going puppy shopping. They say, like, I'm talking to Gizmo Uh and then then I go, okay, we're going puppy shopping. Weird. But I wasn't going shopping Mm -hmm. for a puppy. I was going shopping for the puppy, if that makes sense. Like, I I was going to get supplies. Oh, so you weren't like going to a pet store looking for a pet. You were buying the stuff. No, I never got Wednesday from a pet store. And that's what I'm going to get into here too. But they make it look like Anastasia and I are walking out the door and we're going puppy shopping. Oh no. And that is not what happened at all. And you know what? Back then it wasn't such a, it wasn't like a horrible thing to go to a pet store as it is now. Yeah. People weren't as aware. Yeah. But even so, like I wasn't doing that. Like I wasn't going to a pet store. (laughs) And so anyway, I was going to go shopping for like, you know, dog bed and toys and treats and whatever else. Where I actually found Wednesday is on a site called petfinder.com. I love petfinder. That's how I found Duchess. Cause I thought I want a little chihuahua and then I just happened to find her on there somehow yeah so for people that don't know I like I like wrote down what pet finder is and it's an online searchable database of animals who need homes it's also a directory of nearly 11,000 animal shelters and adoption organizations across the US Canada and Mexico and they increase public awareness of the availability of high quality adoptable pets increase the overall effectiveness of pet adoption programs across North America to the extent that the euthanasia of adoptable pets is eliminated and elevate the status of pets to that of a family member. And so that is where I got uh, Wednesday. And I just feel like I need to clarify that because I feel like they full on make it look like I'm going to every pet store in town till I find like the right dog. And that is not how it went down at all. I found Wednesday on there. She had one sibling, another little girl dog, and the people hand raised her and had her until she was old enough to be let go. They would send me pictures of her as she was growing up, mm-hmm. and they told me she liked to be upside down, and they thought that was the That's weirdest funny. thing. Bat dog. Yeah, I remember we, we used to call her bat dog because yeah. she went upside down like a bat. You picked her up, and she loved to flop herself backwards, <laughs> and so we'd hold her upside down, and her ears would go out, and so we called her bat dog all the time. So, And they knew that, and they told me about that kind of stuff ahead mm-hmm. of time, so she was like raised by a family like not a you know pet shop dog or a um puppy puppy meal type dog or anything like that so I just felt like I needed to clarify that because I feel like the show (laughs) tries to make it look differently and then this is the first episode too where they introduce Anastasia yeah she Anastasia's been lurking for the eagle-eyed viewer you can see her in the corner of an episode but we don't meet her until 
this episode. And yeah. the producers had plans for Anastasia, right? Yeah. So when they first brought, when I first told them that my sister was coming to stay, the executive producer got super excited and he was like, oh my God, because she was really close in age to Kendra. She was like two years younger, I think. She was like, uh, or three years younger, but she was close in in age to Kendra. So they thought that they would like be partners in crime. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know (laughs) about that because I just know my sister really well and didn't turn out that way like they thought it would. But um, yeah, he really thought that it was going to be like a sidekick for Kendra the whole time. And um, so my sister used to come stay with me at the mansion. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. For the summer times. And, but- Which I was anti at first. And we can get into that more. We are going to do an Anastasia episode. She's going to come on the show and we'll dive into that more. But it's just funny looking back because I was anti at first. But we'll get yeah. into why later. Yeah, so um, my sister, a little back ground on her and we can go into it more when she actually is going to do and one of these podcasts with us upcoming but she would stay with me for the summers well before I moved into the mansion like my sister started coming and staying with me back oh gosh probably like five or six years before that um we lived way out in the country both of my parents worked and so when summer times came around she would be home alone um, by herself and she was having like psychological issues like depression, loneliness, um, even suicidal thoughts. And it was on top of her being really OCD on top of everything, on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, I keep saying (laughs) And she was also very OCD. And so um, she just had a lot of emotional problems going on and to combat that I would have her come and stay with me for the summers and she would just hang out we would go run errands I would like whatever parties are going on have her her help me set up and decorate and do all kinds of things and just just be like my partner in all, all kinds of stuff and when I moved to LA she came and stayed at my apartment that I had and I would bring her to the mansion for like just buffet dinners and a movie and stuff but then she would like actually stay at the apartment and I would go back and forth and then um, when I moved into the mansion I asked Hef if you know she could stay for the summer because this is something we had been doing for a long time but anyway we'll get more into that when she comes on and I'll let her talk about it and just for the record I asked her if it was okay for me to say what she was going through and she said absolutely she thinks it's an important topic to talk about and she you know said definitely that I could talk about it so I'm not talking out of turn yeah. <laughs> and um, but like I said she'll be on a future episode and then we'll get back into that and then so when it shows us going to puppy shopping, then it like cuts to us at the airport and we're in totally different clothes because we went, we actually went all the way to North Carolina to Fort Bragg to visit my brother. We were gone for just three days because Hef didn't really want us to be gone. So we had to like fly there one day, film the next day and fly home the next day. So it was like really quick. But Kevin, I was telling Kevin, you need to come with us because we're going to go visit my brother and we're going to, in North Carolina, and then on the way home, we're going to stop at the Atlanta airport and pick up my puppy. And he really wanted picking up my puppy, but he just didn't, wasn't like really that interested in filming us going to visit my brother, which I thought was so weird. My brother's in the military and we're going to go visit him on base. And yeah, I mean, it would have been a loss to have not covered that because I feel like you and your character because you are so close to your family and you have like a cute little sister and like your brother's in the military like it showed such a family side to the characters on the show and I feel like you needed that in Girls Next Door for this show to work with a middle America audience yeah and it also sets up so many scenes that come later that we did you know so Anyway, he didn't want to send a crew, but he ultimately just sent one producer with literally like a handheld camera. It was before iPhones, or I swear he wouldn't have even sent her with a camera. He would have just yeah. been like, use your iPhone. <laughs> and one mic pack. And yeah. it was like, 
whatever, you know, whatever you get, you get. So the quality is like crap. Mm -hmm. And no offense to the producer that was with me because she was amazing and she did the best she could with all of those scenes and they worked for the show. So she obviously did a decent job with what she had. And those scenes with your brother will be in episode six, Operation Playmate. Yeah, so we'll talk more about all of that then. But I just want to set this up. So we got no sleep because we flew there, stayed up all night filming, then literally flew back and stopped at the Atlanta airport And so you see me like stressing out on the time because the dog person is late and I get nervous just you saying that because airports security all that makes me nervous not having enough time for a layover makes me so nervous yeah I know that I gave myself like ample time because we have to like leave the airport get our luggage and then we had to like wait for the dog get the dog and then go back through security with a dog which I'd never done before and fly from Atlanta back to LA and I gotta get home because Hef will be pissed if I don't make this flight oh my god so like the stress is on so it shows me like going tick 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 you know watching my phone she's 20 minutes late she's a half hour late she's 40 whatever but the stress isn't because I'm so impatient about getting my dog and I'm just sitting at LAX or something calm down Bridget I mean can't you live another hour without your dog (laughs) the stress is because I have to catch a plane like we've got to get on this flight and she's not here and so and there's no communication like I mean this is before texting so like I have to call her and she's driving and like anyway she finally arrives she doesn't want to be on camera and and I don't know I don't know uh, specifically why she doesn't want to be on camera, but I'm assuming in case like there was anything wrong, she doesn't want her face on camera if like something happened to the dog later and it was, you know, genetic or something. I'm assuming. I don't really know why. So I'm waiting. We have gotten no sleep. We've been up for like 24 hours. I'm waiting for her. She finally arrives. And I remember like being just so excited and so in awe at this little black bundle in the case that I just did. I was just standing there like in in awe and my sister finally starts reaching for the 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 bag that the dog is in and I was like hey get out of here like I totally swat her away funny when you see Wednesday lifted out of the bag like if you didn't know when you're just watching the show and you had no setup that it was a dog she could be a dog or a cat like a oh, totally. Or a puppy. Totally. And also, I wanted to ask too like in the earlier scenes, you're looking at Wednesday's pictures that the owner is sending you, and you're talking about how Wednesday has a white spot on her face, but I don't remember Wednesday ever having a white spot on her face. Did it go away? It I wasn't, know she got grays later. Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't on her face. She had a white spot on her chest. Oh, that's what it was. And it was actually even lower down than just like her chest. Like you couldn't see it if she was just sitting there, sitting there. You see it if she rolled over onto her back. It was like lower okay. than that. Kind of like between our two front legs, sort of. So when I'm watching the show, the way it's explained, I'm like looking for it on her face. And I'm like, I don't remember having a white spot. <laughs> no, not on her face. And then there was also like a white spot on one of her paws too. Uh, underneath though. Mm. Um, but now I just love everything about her. So, so sweet. And she was so cute. Like they pulled this little thing out and I'm just like dying and rewatching it. I'm still dying. Like she's so cute. So cute. And I remember putting her on my lap and like checking her over and stuff. Cause I don't know, this is my first time getting a dog. Like I don't even know what you're supposed to do. And I did see like a little, um, mark on her eyeball and I asked the lady like what happened to her eye and she was like oh I didn't notice let me see and she looked and she said oh I think um maybe her sister maybe like uh got her in the eye when they're like playing Mm -hmm. or like sleeping or whatever so um you might want to just like take her to the vet and get like a little antibiotic eye drop or something for that it actually turned out to be something much worse but (gasps) what well, it turned in later, like it didn't really heal like that. And then and then the doctors told me that it was the start of like a cataract thing. And Aww. then she ended up at just two years old having to go in and have full cataract surgery and have the lens removed. Oh my gosh. So- and, and the then, other thing that stresses me out besides airports is eyeball stuff. So I'm sitting here melting in the corner of this podcast, like all my worst fears are like yeah. coming to the surface. It was a it was a very intense, long surgery. And not only that, but they said if there's any problems, if like we start getting swelling in her eye, we're gonna have to pull out and might not be able to put the new lens in. Oh my god. And so I was like, okay, but in my head I'm thinking, oh, those are just the things they have to warn you about that never really happens. Yeah. But it did. They called me and said, Oh we had God. to pull out early. She doesn't have a lens in the eye. But then they told me she'll just never be able to read or drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so. like that character in Lady and the Tramp 
where he loses his sense of smell and he's always bumping into things because like dogs don't use their sight as much as we do they rely on like smell and other things yeah so i don't know what a dog's eyesight normally looks like but i guess that eye was going to be blurry and they could go back in and put an artificial lens in later but i just didn't want to put her through that i thought "Eh." yeah why do it it's too much pain for not enough yeah that they're getting yeah it was one thing if she was going to be totally blind in it which she would have been if i let the cataract continue but or so i'm told but i just felt like oh and then wait i have to back up for a second can we just talk for a minute about the juicy dog bag that i'm using yeah it's so cute there were some cute dog bags back in the day like i remember playboy made one yeah i had one of those i had a louis vuitton one it was cute and i remember i rhinestoned it too yeah. so it was extra bling and it was so cute it was all pink if you had, didn't see it And I also wanted to mention my flip phone that I'm using in there. It was just so so 2000. And aren't you like in a juicy tracksuit? Like that's a very 2000 scene. I probably am. And I just remember looking so terrible because like I said, okay, first of all, we're in crappy airport lighting. Well, I don't think you look bad, but I did notice she was sticking the camera up in your face. Like if somebody would have had a camera that close to my face, I would have been like, um, can you back off at least three feet? Yeah. Because you're going to see every pore in my nose. It was so bad. The airport lighting was bad we've been up all night and like traveling it was just all all around bad stressed out like everything was bad about that scene okay so then we finally we make our flight surprise surprise and um they they tell me okay the carrier has to go under the seat which okay i know i get it but like she's just a baby and she's so cute and like i, I want to like touch her and hold her so bad and i kept trying to sneak her out and we had two flight attendants that would walk by and one of them was so nice and like uh-huh. like totally mm-hmm. cool about it and she was like like would smile and pet her and be like she's the cutest thing ever and like everybody around me was like, oh, can I pet her? Can I touch her? And was just like in awe over her and so cute. Then there was another flight attendant that was a total bitch. And every Ugh. time she walked by, she was like, I am not going to tell you again. You need to put that dog away. And I'm like, but she's just like. like Hater. Yeah. And I would try and hide her underneath, underneath a blanket and stuff. Or oh my, my sister God. would try and hide her. And she would, the flight attendant would get so pissed. And like five different times I would try and go to the bathroom with her and I would put out a pee pee pad and I'd be like okay go pee pee go pee pee and she would not go to the bathroom at all so I was like getting worried because like I'm a first time dog owner and I don't know how often they should be going to the bathroom but I felt like she should go at some point on the flight and she didn't so I was like really nervous about that and then we get into the limo (laughs) (laughs) we finally get off the flight we get into the limo and we are sitting down and I set her on the seat next to me and all of a sudden she just lets go and peas and it's all over Aww. Anastasia but and poor Anastasia but I was so relieved that she finally peed because I thought she's not peeing something's wrong with her you were like finally and Anastasia's yeah. like finally yeah. <laughs> so funny. it's totally what I said finally then we get home and Hef walks out and meets her for the first time and I think that's a really sweet scene and he calls her Miss September <laughs> which I love well, she should be Miss October let's be real she should. <laughs> and then, dun, 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 the Wednesday and Gizmo meeting. Oh, the showdown. Yeah. So I tell. The smackdown. Yeah, I tell Anastasia before we even walk in, okay, I'm going to hold her till we get to the, get inside. But as soon as we get inside, like, I don't want to be caught holding Winnie at first. Like, you have to like, grab Winnie right away. And then I'm going to get Gizmo and I'm going to give her some love because we haven't seen mm-hmm. her in a couple days. Um, and then we're going to, like, introduce them. But I don't know how Gizmo's going to act. So we got to, like, you know, be careful about it. And so I walk in the room and I go to hand Anastasia Wednesday and Anastasia's not paying attention. So for a second, like I feel bad because Winnie's like dangling oh, there no. for a second. Then she grabs her and then I go get Gizmo and I'm petting her and she's a good sport. And then we do the face off. They really should have played that High Noon song. Oh yeah, that would have been cute. The Western thing. Yeah, like the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what it is? I yeah. thought it was High Noon, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a tumbleweed going by. Yeah, but Gizmo was a pretty good sport. She just looked and didn't really do anything. They probably added some growls though, right? I think there was a growl they added, and just just for the the viewers out there and I think I've said this a million times before in commentary and other things Gizmo did not make all those well she did make some noises I don't think I ever remember her making a noise in real life that I heard well sometimes but 
not like they show her on the show. And people have written to me like over the years and said she was the original grumpy cat. She kind of is. That's cute. And I can totally see why people would say that. Mm-hmm. But she did not make all those noises all the time. And then they, of course, make it look like poor Gizmo is not into it. But I don't think she minded. And one thing that I thought it actually might help Gizmo is that we are gone a lot like we're always running errands and we're always Mm -hmm. you know had to go to the clubs and do all these things and downstairs for buffet dinner and a movie and i actually thought that having a dog kind of running around the room might actually entertain gizmo she can go up in her tree and doesn't have to be bothered by it and she can watch down on this little thing this little puppy like running around so i thought that was that it might actually entertain her a little bit but I, when I was watching this episode, like, I was full on crying. Like, I I want them back so bad. Yeah, they're so cute. They were so cute. And and they also show that fight night is, like, the day I, they kind of make it look like it's the day I get back from North Carolina. Yeah, they show, like, the kitchen preparing. And they show this giant tub of pesto. And they have this industrial-sized weird mixer that looks like something you would, like, break up a street with like a jackhammer (laughs) yeah and the pesto i don't know i mean like i'm not a fan of pesto but it looked so gross it was a lot the only reason i knew what it was was because it was labeled otherwise i would have been like what is that and then well the night too that uh i got home with gizmo in real life not fight night but in real life um it was like a dinner and a movie night which is another reason why i had to get home by a certain time and um i remember i was sitting on my bed and and my sister was sitting next to me and we were having wine and we were telling stacy all about our trip and stuff and that is the night that i had a ghost experience at the mansion oh my god We talked about it on the Halloween special, but this is just like such a scary story. I wish I would have been there for it. I do Because just the fact that three people witnessed it at once is what's so crazy to me. And it's interesting. Like, I wonder if it was Joni, if she wanted to see the puppy. That's what I think it is. A hundred percent. Because I'm pretty positive it was her. And I feel like that would have been, I know that she was very much like, interested in all the girls and all the animals and just very motherly around the house and stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm positive that's what it was i don't think it was scary it was it was scary in at the moment because it was shocking that somebody was standing in my room but um but i don't feel like it was a scary thing and i don't think she was trying to be scary i think she just wanted to see the new puppy that's such a crazy night There's a scene in the Mediterranean room when fight night is setting up where Kendra walks in and she thinks a mannequin is a real guy. (laughs) Yeah. But to be fair, it looks like a real guy, kind of. Like if you're glancing, just like the shape of that mannequin. Yeah. It looks real. And it's funny the first time, but I feel like they keep replaying that same gag so many times. They do. They replay the gag so many times. And Kendra didn't think it was a real person each time. She was like telling us the story about it. Like, oh, I thought that was a real guy. Ha ha. But in the show, they make it look like she keeps getting tricked and thinks it's a real guy. So then I guess we have to address who Barbie Benton is. Yeah. And, you know, the whole Barbie part, I feel like um, this is when, like, I have the feelings, so many different feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, I resented this episode even back when it was first being filmed and shown because I felt so strongly that I was being set up yeah like they very much wanted to do a scene or a whole episode where I'm supposed to be really jealous of Hef's ex-girlfriend and I felt like uncomfortable because I was being put on the spot like I wasn't even as I've said before fully comfortable with my relationship with Hef so the fact that we were even showcasing that on TV was uncomfortable for me But also, I'm not, I'm extra not comfortable being put on the spot where it's like they expect me to react and they expect me to be like jealous and stuff. I think if I would have been more confident in my relationship with Hef, I could have had fun playing into that and had fun acting like I was jealous. But I was not confident really about the relationship at all or comfortable portraying it on TV. So it just felt shitty in the moment. I just felt like I was being shoved into a corner and I wasn't ready. Yeah, I think so too. And I also thought that the um, episode was unfair because I don't, it's nothing that Barbie would have come to naturally. 
Yeah, exactly. It was so set up. Like I remember they were doing the interviews with us and Kevin was saying, so, you know, we only want to film what you'd really be doing. Nothing fake. And this was as fake as it gets. Yeah. And it, I just felt like, why are we, why is she invited to this? Like what's happening and what we have to go to lunch. We have to do this. We have to do that. Wait, why are we doing all this stuff? This is nothing we would normally do. Absolutely. Because Barbie wasn't even somebody who was coming to the parties regularly. No. We had met her twice before. Once was when you and I, and I think Stacy were the only ones who went. We went with Hef to this event at the Museum of Film and Television in Beverly Hills because they were putting Playboy After Dark, a show he did in the 60s, in their archive. So they were doing a little presentation. And because Barbie was on that show with Hef, she was invited to it. So we met her briefly then. Mm-hmm. I remember and, being nervous to meet her then. Me too. And then the second time we saw Barbie was she came to a party that was being filmed for the 50th anniversary special of Playboy at the mansion. And that was also a special that was done by Kevin Burns, producer Mm -hmm. of Girls Next Door. So he invited her to that. And then he invited her back to do Girls Next Door. And it was as if she was just coming to the mansion on a random day to just like hang out. But that would have never happened. No. And the first two things make sense. Like I was not weirded out or wondering why would she be invited to this television thing? Why would she be invited to this 50th anniversary thing? Of course she would be invited to those things. Yeah, it was purposeful because it was retro things that were calling back to like things she was a part of. So it totally made sense. But I had never seen her on like a normal day at the mansion never. or at a regular party. Never. I think we should uh, talk about uh, fight night a little bit and just what it is like in general, just sort of set it up. So Fight Night, the event that Barbie was invited to, was a broadcast for ESPN, and it was a series of boxing matches in the backyard, because Hef was very into boxing. Mm-hmm. They did it every year, mm-hmm. and um, it's a pretty big event. Like, obviously, it's in the backyard, and they bring in, like, a professional ring, and they have, like, the playmates doing ring girl stuff, and which I'm excited to get into about being a ring girl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and like like you said, they film it for ESPN and there's a lot of celebrities invited and tons of people come and it's like a big deal every year. But not so big that people like Barbie would have come. Like it's not really a... Yeah, it was more just like local people showing up. It wasn't like something that people flew in for unless they were like actually in the fight. Right, you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> So that was a little odd. And should we get into kind of a backstory on who Barbie is before we go deeper? Totally. So Barbie Benton was Hef's main girlfriend in like the late 60s, early 70s for like seven and a half years total, I think. He met her on the set of a show he did called Playboy After Dark that he filmed in L.A., He met her in 68. She was 18. He was almost 50 or something. So there was a big age gap, not as big an age gap as what we had with Hef, but there was still a big age gap. She was like a UCLA student at the time. They started dating and they kept dating. And at the time, Hef had like a penthouse apartment on Sunset Boulevard and he lived in Chicago most of the time. But when he would come out to LA, he would see Barbie And they played tennis together because Barbie loved tennis. So they would always go to like a tennis club or whatever. And it got to the point where Hef was kind of like feeling inconvenienced and maybe wanting his own home with a tennis court. So he doesn't have to like go to the tennis club and wait for the slot and things like that. Because that's a very un-Hef thing to do, wait for anything. So Barbie really wanted him to buy a house, but he was hesitant because he thought that there would not be a house in LA that was special enough for him. He wanted something like really grand and historic. So Barbie decides to take it upon herself to look for the house, which I love this. And I really want to have Barbie on the show because I think she'd be so fun to talk to for so many reasons. And one of the reasons is when I hear these stories about her, I relate to her so much because I hear about these things she did. And I'm like, I would have done that. Like, I would have been like, oh, you think you're not buying a house? Let me find it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Wait till I show you. Yeah. So this was back in the sixties. There was no realtor.com. It wasn't super easy to find out what was for sale, but Barbie's mother was a realtor. So she enlisted the help of her mom to find out what was for sale. And there was this giant house in Holmby Hills, which is this teeny tiny little section of LA next to Bel Air, kind of close to UCLA. 
and there was this ginormous house for sale and I wouldn't say it was abandoned but it was definitely a house where nobody had lived for a while yeah so it was kind of like the quote-unquote haunted house in the neighborhood up on a hill kind of like looking like a scooby-doo house and the gates were like chained and padlocked shut and nobody was available to let anybody in so barbie jumps the fence which is another thing i totally would have done (laughs) and she walks around the property and she sees that there's a tennis court and she's like this is it this is perfect so she convinced Hef to look at it and Hef said there were two properties he was looking at that he was interested in the other one was a home in beverly hills which used to be owned by marion davies who was an actress in the 30s who was the mistress of william randolph hearst and she had this ginormous home which was later owned by diana ross it was also featured in the movie the godfather really really beautiful home a friend of hef's owned it when we lived with hef so we got to go to a few parties yeah, there it was, it was really amazing this house you guys it has like a two-story beauty in the beast library it was it is so no incredible. joke it was so pretty but anyway so he's trying to decide between the two houses he picks the one he ended up buying because it was more like english style and he felt that because he had some english heritage it was more suitable than like a spanish style home at least that's what he told me why he picked that one yeah So they ended up, he ended up getting the house. The company bought it. He didn't own it. Um, But I guess Barbie lived there full time while he was in Chicago. But I think she had her own place too. I don't know for sure. Because I know. Because he had, he would go back and forth between Chicago and LA. And he was dating Barbie in LA, but he had a whole other main girlfriend in Chicago, a girl named Karen. She was the one who bought him originally the Monopoly pieces that we played with. Uh. And, but there were some points in time I know that Karen would fly out with Hef from LA and stay at the LA mansion because people used to tell stories about how Karen, because she was a platinum blonde, so she had these white bobby pins and she would go out of her way to leave the white bobby pins in the bathroom so Barbie would find them. Wow. Which is so petty. Yeah. I I want Barbie to come on the show so bad because she's got to have some stories because like dating Hef back when she dated Hef would have been night and day from when we dated Hef. Like they traveled the world together. Yeah, they they flew around on that the private big jet that was all customized and crazy mm-hmm. and just she's got to have so many stories that she's never even shared and I think they'd be so fun I'm here for it I know so Barbie if you're out there if you're listening if yeah, you want to come on we would love to have you on I actually tried texting you check your phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Hef and Barbie like eventually broke up in like the mid 70s and then Remained like cordial friends throughout the years. Yeah, I feel like Hef typically stayed cordial with most of his exes. Not me. I know, not you, <laughs> but like even his ex-wife. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. I felt like I had to clarify that because yeah. I was thinking of one, but I yeah. think you were thinking the other. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just even girlfriends like more modern mm-hmm. day. Not all of them, of course, but a lot of them. Yeah. So Barbie was very much like Hef's most iconic person he'd ever dated, I would say, up to that point. Like, she was the girlfriend that, like, if you knew anything about Hef, she was the one you knew, I think. Well, how many times was she in the magazine, do you think, or on the cover? She was on the cover four times, but one time was in the 80s. Like, she came back, like, long after her and Hef stopped dating and did, like, a return to the magazine like very 80s style yeah okay well can we talk about some of her um covers and stuff because i think they are so cute first of all barbie was just cute i know she has the cutest nose i have ever seen on a face in my life like i look at some of those photos and i'm like that she is a adorable she's adorable and she had like these cute like brunette bangs and she was always so impeccably dressed and she had this really iconic like 60s -hmm. kind of mod style she was just so cute and so photogenic and you would always see these iconic photos from back in the day of like her and hef getting off the plane and stuff like that yeah she did four playboy covers one was in the 80s but the three that she did in like the late 60s early 70s were just all very cute and they all kind of like had the same color scheme they were all kind of like yellowish orangish like there was one where she was like 
on like a sun blanket where it looked mm-hmm. like she was on the beach, but probably shot in a studio somewhere. Yeah. And then the other two from that era were kind of like close-ups of her face, like orange background. Mm-hmm. They were just very cute. Like if you put all three of them together, they'd all match. And then the 80s one looked totally different, like dynasty style. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very different. And it shows in the episode, it shows like flashback footage of Hef and Barbie on the set of Playboy After Dark. And she just looks so cute. And she's carrying this Hef doll. And even the Hef doll is cute. Yeah. Wait, did we find that Hef doll later? Or was there a, a duplicate made or something? I feel like... No, he had like a more bootleg version in his oh. room, but it was totally different. I asked about the Hef doll and he said it was like made out of foam and it deteriorated. Oh, because I remember there being one in his room, but... But it wasn't as cute. It was like very different. And it was funny because Barbie came back on the show so many times that I started to make fun of our producer, Kevin, for it. Because Kevin's age, like he was probably... 12 or so by the time Barbie Benton was a big deal and was a sex symbol. And that's probably somebody he grew up having a crush on, I would imagine. And I imagine that's probably why he thought she was such a big deal and kept inviting her back. And you know what's a funny story is the first project Kevin ever did for Hef was Hef's biography on A&E. And the biography showed the Hef and Barbie years as like this very idyllic time. And I heard so many people tell me the story about how Hef's wife, Kimberly, got pissed because she was with Hef when that biography came out. And she got so pissed because she thought that the Hef and Barbie years were made to look so idyllic and that Barbie was made to look like the one that got away. So she hated the biography, supposedly, and was like pissed about it because she thought like Barbie was portrayed as like the love of Hef's life and not her. So this is something that Kevin had been perpetrating for a while. Oh, yeah. That started back in the day. Even back with Kimberly. But I don't think it was out of bounds. Like, yeah, I made fun of him for always bringing her back. And in the commentary, I called her Barbie Burns because his last name was Burns. (laughs) So I'd be like, Kevin, it's Barbie Burns. You're you're great love. But I think as far as the biography, I don't think it was out of bounds to like portray Barbie as like the special love of Hef's life because I feel like they had a really like special time together and it was very like iconic and very photogenic and she was there for a lot of important things I think yeah but if you're gonna portray somebody as the love of someone's life and the one that got away and they're remarried now that doesn't sit very well. <laughs> it's kind of harsh <laughs> yeah they're remarried and have kids like it's like what huh <laughs> yeah that's got to be rough mm-hmm. and there was this bust of Barbie that Hef kept in the library. And I never thought it was like inappropriate or like a weird love Lauren thing. I just no. think it was like a really pretty, really cool bust. And apparently that was banished when Kimberly was there. And the second he got divorced, the bust came back out. <laughs> and you know what's funny too? Every interview Hef did, that bust is in the background. And no one's ever, like as far as I know, asked for it to be removed. Yeah, lurking. And it's in every interview. <laughs> You know what I noticed in this episode, and I think it's when you're coming back with Wednesday, is Hef does this weird open-mouthed peck. And it's weird because I don't remember noticing them at the time or thinking they were weird or creepy or gross in real life or when we rewatch the show. But now I watch it and I'm like, why is he coming at you with this open mouth peck? Yeah. It's not an open mouth kiss. It's an open mouth peck. And it just looks kind of gross and creepy on camera. And it's a weird thing to do. Like, who does an open mouth peck? Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead, but there's a scene at the very end where he's saying goodbye to Barbie and he goes to do it and she like turns her head and gives him a hug instead. Oh my God, that's funny. But then he does, he does give her the open mouth peck after that. But I was just like, she saw that coming and was like, nope. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really remember thinking anything of it while we were there either, though. I didn't notice it at all. But now I look at it and I'm like, ugh, why does he look like a frog? (laughs) And then it shows Kendra like a beat later going upstairs to get the celebrity list. Yeah, interesting. Which, can we talk about that for a minute? Because that blew my mind right there. What part of it? Uh, So many things. Okay, let's start with... (laughs) There's so many things about every point in this episode. That's why I'm like, two-parter. Yeah. So the first part is that uh, Kendra goes up and gets this list of all the celebrities that are invited to the party. I feel like Hef would never have shared that with us or would have wanted that shared with us. And that that was very proprietary 
for one. Yeah, it's interesting. And I feel like if I would have asked for it, he would have been like, why? Why do yeah, you Yeah, for know? what purpose? Yeah. Like, it's not that he would never have given it to us, but we would have had to have a legit purpose. Yeah. Not just, oh, I want to see who's coming. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then she's so excited about it. And I just feel like it's for reasons that are not becoming to her relationship with Hev. That's another thing I wanted to ask you about when we talk about this whole episode. And we'll get to it in the next episode, too, I'm sure. Because when you actually see Kendra running around at fight night, back in the day when we first watched this episode, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, she's excited about celebrities. It seemed very childlike. But now watching it back years later, and I'm just surprised Hef left that in there because he always wanted it to seem like we were only like in love with him and would never look at another guy. And I'm shocked he left that in there because it just is not flattering to him. That's what I feel rewatching it too, that it that she's too overly excited about this guest list and it isn't just because she wants to like say hi or get a photo. Of course, we can't know exactly what she was thinking, but I'm, I am surprised that Hef would leave it in there. I don't know if he took it a different way. My theory is that he was so enamored with the thought of me and Barbie fighting over him that that was all he was really paying attention to when he watched this episode and gave notes. That's my guess. I don't think he was really caring what Kendra was doing. You talked about um, when Barbie's coming, you say in your interview that you wanted to make a good impression. Yeah, I don't know if I really felt that or really cared or if it's just one of those things where they're asking you in the interview, oh, so how did you feel getting ready for Barbie? And you just have to say something. Okay. Because I also say in there that I'm like nervous or something. And I don't think I was nervous. I think I was. I think I was definitely nervous. Oh no, in the interview I say I'm stressing or something. And I'm like, why would I have been stressing? I think the reason I would have been stressing is more the fact that we were filming it. Like if it was just gonna be like, oh, Barbie's coming, let's have lunch. And it wasn't on camera, I would have never stressed. But the fact that I know they're filming us and I know what they want, like I know they're setting it up to make me look jealous or setting up some kind of conflict that's why i'm stressed yeah Not because barbie's coming yeah they were definitely doing it to get some sort of drama and you know what bugs me is when i they show me getting ready at the vanity they're playing like this revolutionary war military <gasps> march music in the background like i'm getting ready for battle oh my god it's see like, i don't notice little do things like care. that but I do like my outfit. I'm wearing a very cute 50s style circle skirt. Oh, like one my of my outfit. notes in here is that you looked really cute. Thanks. But okay, so she arrives and... She has really cute background music. Remember last episode we were talking about how they gave you that weird honky tonk music? Yes. And I remember at the time thinking, well, if Bridget had theme music, what would it be? And I was thinking either something that sounds like the Bewitched theme or like a bubbly 60s thing. And they play a bubbly 60s music for Barbie, which makes sense because Hef met her in the 60s. But I feel like that could have been cute background music for you too. Like that could have been your cute theme music. Yeah, I like the Bewitched thing. Yeah, that would have been cute too. (laughs) But she walks up and she says it's awkward being at the mansion when she doesn't live there. And I'm thinking, but you haven't lived there in like 25 years I so know. why is it awkward and you know what else I wonder and I uh, I hope she comes on the show because I really want to ask her this is I love that house so much as a house mm-hmm. like forget have forget playboy like just the beauty of it and the beauty of the grounds and the yeah. architectural style and everything and I just wonder what would it have been like to live there and feel like this is my house. But I wonder, did she feel that way? I feel like it could have gone either way. Like she could have felt like, oh, I convinced Hef to buy this house and we're such a cute little couple. Like maybe, like I wonder if she saw that as her forever home or and thought they would settle down or if she was like, oh, this is just a pit stop on my journey to becoming famous or something. Oh, I would be so interested to know. I'm so curious. And also like, I wonder, did the mansion, cause I know in the seventies, the mansion was a cesspool and it was absolutely insane. And there were people up there all the time, but like in the late or like in the, I guess he bought it in 71, like in the early, early seventies when Barbie was there, I wonder, did it feel more private? Or were there people living there? Like, I'm so curious and I want to know. I mean, knowing Hef and his lifestyle and what the Chicago mansion looked like, I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but just Mm -hmm. like what it looked like, always like a party going on and lots of people and stuff, a revolving door, I would feel like that the 
Mansion West was the same thing. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, we need her to tell us. Okay, so I would love to have Barbie on this show. And I don't know how to get a hold of her. And I looked her up on Instagram. I followed her, but I don't think she checks in on Instagram anymore. She only has like four pictures up. And the last one she posted was years ago. But Bridget, she's one of us. Whether she wants to be or not, she is one of us because there's only like four pictures up and she's in costume in all of them. Oh my God, she's our people. Yeah, in two of them, she's dressed as a strawberry. (laughs) And then in one of them, she's dressed as Marie Antoinette and the caption is, I love Halloween. (gasps) Get out of here. (laughs) So she needs to be on the show. Yes, for sure. Well, I also reached out to her. I texted her. So, I mean, hopefully maybe, I don't know. (laughs) You know what else is so interesting about Barbie being on the show is she was brought back so many times. There are five total Barbie episodes because she's in this episode. She comes back in seasons three, four, five, and six after we left. And you know what I think would be interesting is if you just watched all the Barbie episodes back to back, I feel like that would have a whole story arc and that would tell a story in and of itself because this is getting ahead of ourselves and we'll get into it when we get there. But the Barbie season six episode is kind of sad. Like you can just see Hef looks like he's struggling, but he's trying to convince Barbie he's really happy. But you can see in her eyes that she can tell he's struggling. And it's just sad. I would love to hear her take on that. Yeah. I haven't watched those yet, but I'm, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. So then the next scene is having lunch in the med room. So this is when we actually meet Barbie. We will see if fists will be flying. <laughs> but we're going to have to pick that up next week because we talked a long time. Fists there was or a... fireworks? Yeah, <laughs> it's fur flying. I don't know. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And we're excited to get into it. And Barbie, come on the show. Hit us up. Yes. Bye, guys. For more Girls Next Level content, be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel.